Well, I'm over the fact that uh, the Packers eliminated the Cowboys last weekend. And I shall enjoy the NFL Divisional Finals starting tomorrow. And I bet my next guest will, too. He's Grey Cup champ, Green Zone analyst, Belton Johnson, joining me now. Welcome, buddy. Hey, hey. How's it going this morning, Greg? Ah, pretty stoked. Looking forward to these games. So let's get right at our pal. Let's uh, go tomorrow. The Houston Texans facing the number one seed Baltimore Ravens. Houston's defense crushed the Browns last weekend with a couple of pick sixes in the second half to seal the deal. But, Belton, I got to ask you, will the Ravens show why they are Super Bowl favorite or will the magical run for Houston continue? I, I think the Ravens are going to flex their muscles on the Texans a bit. And keep in mind now, the Texans and the Ravens, they faced off week one of the regular season. And Lamar Jackson, he did not have the best of games. And C.J. Stroud, well, he played pretty decent and everything. So I'm looking at that Ravens' number one ranked defense and points allowed per game. They've only given up 16 and a half points. So I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you. The Ravens ended the season as the best in the NFL. Lamar Jackson could be headed for MVP. And yeah, that defense is just killer. So with that, the Ravens should cruise to a win. 30-20 is what I say. You? Actually, I was going to say probably 35 to 15 or so. Okay, we're pretty close there. Next up tomorrow night after pulling off the stunner on Wild Card Weekend, the Packers eliminating the Cowboys, now visiting San Francisco. Belton, the 49ers, the number one seed. They had the benefit of resting up and getting healthy, and uh, you're not going to believe what I have to say now. But I oh. think Jordan Love, he looks so confident. Yeah. And his downfield passing game, I think it's thriving right now. 49ers secondary, they, they can be a little weak sometimes. Plus, the Packers prove they can run the ball pretty good with uh, the potential for Rain and Frisco. Here's what I'm thinking, Belton. I think the Packers are hot to stage another upset. 24-22 Green Bay. Go. Well, and Belton had 30 to 10, 49ers. <laughs> I think they, they're going to flex that muscle, I'm telling you. I think the Packers are pulling an upset, but that's the last upset they're in for, I think. Okay, first game Sunday is Tampa Bay at Detroit. Belton Johnson, based on crowd support alone, the Lions, they've got to win. Their fans were the loudest you and I ever heard last week. Oh, my God, Greg. You must be reading my mind. I swear that's where I was going with this when, uh, I was going with the Lions just based on the energy of the fans put out, uh, what, last week versus the Rams. And, you know, if they get that type of crowd in there again, that stadium is loud. I've been in that stadium uh, on a Monday night football game to hear it and, uh, live and everything. I'm thinking that the crowd's going to drown out the Bucks and the Lions going to easily uh, take down the Bucks. And I got a score of 21-16. The Lions defeated the Bucs, I think it was like, what, 20-6 to six in Week 6? And I don't think mm-hmm. that game was a fluke. So Destiny and the fans are on the side of the Lions. I got them at 26-17. Okay, Sunday night. We hope the game goes. The weather is crazy <laughs> again in Buffalo. Bills and Chiefs, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. First time Mahomes has ever had to hit the road for a playoff game. Each, though, had the same record, 12-6. and six. Odds makers favor the Bills. Belton Johnson favors... Well, I'm a favorite of Bills, but I'm I'm very cautious on this one because, you know, Josh Allen, I think he's, what, 3-1 and one head-to-head uh, versus Mahomes in the regular season, but he's 0-2 versus Mahomes in the playoffs. So I don't think Allen is going to go down 0-3 against Mahomes. That's why I'm going with the Bills. They're at home, and I think it'll be a close game. I'm going 21-20 here. 21-20. Get your popcorn ready, Belton. This is going to be awesome. The Chiefs will celebrate a road win. 32-28. Oh. 
32-28. It's going to be the best game of the weekend. And, and I do. I have it as my game of the week. I can't wait for it out. Oh, it'll not be. Hey! Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's the part everyone likes to sing along to that one. Kids out of school today. Some are, anyhow. Teacher Development Day in the Catholic school system. Uh, and uh, Prairie and Public is uh, at school today. School buses are running. It's not cold enough to stop that from happening. However, it is definitely a day off on Monday for everyone. Samantha Beacott of the Teachers Federation still adamant that this province needs to step up. They are ignoring the big issues in public education and they are leaving our kids off the list of priorities and that needs to stop. Premier Scott Molo told us on the Evan Bray show yesterday the discussions around classroom complexity can happen at the bargaining table because several uh, partners need to take part but with that the stand is uh, taking another day on Monday and perhaps more if uh, they're going to try and pressure the the, the uh, province here into getting back to the bargaining table here. This is just, uh, looks like it's going to drag on for a while yet here too. And midterms for high school students, yes. A little uh, worried about cramming for midterms and now shuffling the deck too with that day off on Monday as our parents who are uh, probably some going to have to work from home again. It's Dolly Parton's 78th birthday today. and. The firecracker, as we know her now, everyone seems to love Dolly Parton. No matter your age, you've probably said to yourself, man, Dolly, you know, look what she did for, you know, vaccines, giving money to research and what she does for charity. She's a phenomenal woman. And because it's her birthday, this gives me a reason to play one of my favorite Dolly Parton moments. Now, I was watching the night she was on Jimmy Fallon uh, about a year ago. She told this story, and she captivated me, and I bet she will with you, too. Many years ago, back when I was a kid, they had a bear in a cage. You know, we're famous for the bears and the Smokies. And they had a bear in a big cage up there, and people would stop at this market, and uh, they would buy Cokes for this bear. It was in the cage, and 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 the tourists would take pictures, because Gatlinburg, that whole area, for years, they they would put Cokes and peanuts in the Coca-Cola cans or whatever the bottled Cokes were yeah. then. So anyway, this bear was just getting bigger and bigger, but they were doing that, and they were just selling all kinds of stuff at this market. Yeah. And this poor bear was just drinking them all. And one day, some redneck put... <laughs> no, seriously. They put um, gasoline in a Coke can. Can you believe how bad people are? And the poor thing just went crazy. And it broke out of the, of the pen... And it started toward Sevierville because Pigeon Forge is about eight miles from Sevierville. And it just ran all the way down, you know, and it was just going down there. And then, you know, all of a sudden it just fell over. Oh, man. And, uh, it, it dead? No, it's out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching her share that story and Jimmy Fallon thinking, wow, this is quite a story. She's a good storyteller, too. Dolly Parton, she is 78 today.
two over at the Cooperator Center. The Richata Pats playing a doubleheader here tonight. They're in action, and that's against Lethbridge tomorrow night. SpongeBob SquarePants jersey night against Medicine Hat. Those are some rather loud jerseys, but they're kind of cool, too, and uh, you can bid on them now. They're going to auction them off for charity. Uh, you can go to the Pats' website for that one. Also at the, the Cooperators, the George Watson under-11 hockey tournament is on. Man, I used to love George Watson. He was a great coach, one of my first hockey coaches. I miss him dearly. And uh, there's also the U of R Cougar men's team playing Mount Royal tonight. Cooperator Center, the Brand Center. All lots of action going on. Parking will be at a premium, so allow yourself a little extra time there for sure. I want to go to Melford now with uh, our senior reporter, Lisa Schick, who is covering the James Smith a mass stabbing inquest at the moment. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Well, yesterday in court, uh, the spouses of the of the killer Miles and his brother Damien testified. And uh, what sort of insight there, Lisa, did you get from the relationship uh, with the brothers? You know, we we heard a lot about um, abuse, particularly from Vanessa Burns, the kind of abuse that she uh, endured at the hands of Miles Sanderson. I she talked about, you know. It started quite early in their relationship, just a couple months after they started dating. He was physically abusive. He was uh, emotionally abusive. He was manipulative toward her. She said that that they would kind of fight, and then he would, you know, guilt her. He would make her feel bad if she called police. She said she did call, uh, make complaints to police about a dozen times during their, I think it was, 14-year relationship. And he might go to jail, but... He would, he would make her feel guilty for keeping him away from the kids. He got her to uh, support his bids for parole when he came up for it and write letters to the uh, parole board talking about, like, you know, their plans to uh, get better, stay sober, things like that. He also explained um, a couple days before the actual mass stabbings, and we've heard this before, that that there was a fight between them and Damien had had to come out and stop it. And then she got away and then Damien and Miles kind of went off and, and started drinking and started uh, visiting a few places. Uh, but we heard a few more details about that attack. Some, some actually pretty grim details from her about exactly what went on there the last time she did see Miles. And, and earlier in the week, we heard from several police officers and uh, maybe just a quick summarization of their testimony this week, too. Well, we heard from, uh, for example, the uh, RCMP staff sergeant who's in command right now. He talked a bit about, you know, their their procedures, how they do things. We heard from the two constables who were actually the very first responders to this situation. And they described what sounded like just chaos they were kept getting calls in at first they thought it was just one stabbing then they got more calls about an assault and they started getting more calls as they were driving out to the first nation about more stabbings and they had to make what were pretty tough decisions about where they should be going first how to deal with this do they need to stay at the scenes that they were at and try to save people's lives who'd already been attacked or do they try to get to the front of this and try to stop miles anderson from attacking anyone else. And, and it didn't help they were understaffed, too, I understand, right? Yeah, they, they um, had a few positions that were uh, empty, I guess, at that time. Although um, the commander who had been in charge at that time, he said that he didn't think that it would have made a difference if they were fully staffed. Because when 
things started going out there, they had people from um, other RCMP detachments who came in to help without even being asked. They had people who had been on vacation who came back early to help without being asked. Senior reporter Lisa Schick in uh, Melford. So uh, we, we believe this inquest is going to go at least another week, maybe two more. But uh, as it sets to wrap today, what is on the docket today and what might happen next week? Today we're expecting um, things to get, I guess the best way to put it would be a little bit more dry. Uh, the coroner yesterday had said, you know, he thinks that that's kind of the worst of what we're going to hear, the most graphic of what we're going to hear. Now we start getting into... Things like um, uh, psychologists, there's a criminal psychologist who may come up today. Next week, we're going to start hearing from pathologists. We're going to start hearing from forensics, people who will kind of go into the small details of what they found, how that supports what they think happened. Okay, Lisa, well, we'll be checking in uh, with you throughout uh, next week as well, too, and I appreciate it. Thank you. At the Delta Hotel tomorrow night, they'll be dancing, swinging with the stars. Uh, fundraiser for Hope's Home uh, with uh, Judge Evan Bray. I don't know what he knows about dancing, but he is going to be a part of that tomorrow evening. Evan, of course, coming up here at 8.30. I bet the Toboggan Hills and the ditches are going to be busy with tobogganers this weekend. Maybe a little more activity at the outdoor rinks. It is uh, It's going to get a little better here on the weekend and single digitize next week. Uh, make it a lot easier. Getting out and uh, going to work or dropping the kids off at school, with the exception of Monday, of course, strike day. This is a rather stunning development in a case that I think a lot of you will remember. You know, there are cases, particularly in the U.S., court cases that we can all recall to some degree or another. O.J. would be one, definitely. This one is another for me. This week they announced that the Los Angeles Innocence Project is taking up the case of Scott Peterson, who was convicted of murdering his wife, Lacey, and their unborn child back in 2002 on Christmas Eve. Their bodies were found in San Francisco Bay months later. But Peterson, he's like 51 now, and he's serving life without parole. He had a death sentence, but that was overturned. But now this Innocence Project has taken his case. They're a nonprofit who's helped many, many uh, those uh, of those who were convicted uh, get out of jail because of evidence that proved that they were in there falsely. And now they've discovered what they say are points to Peterson's innocence. In fact, new evidence, they suggest, will point to the actual perpetrators of the crime against Lacey. And their motion that they filed includes evidence of a burglary across the street from Lacey's home around the time of her disappearance, and, and that was never properly investigated, nor were witnesses that lost last saw Lacey alive, properly interviewed, and they also filed a request for more DNA testing to a van that was found burned nearby. And, of course, Peterson, he's always said he was innocent, and he argued that there was no physical or forensic evidence linking him to the crime. And months before his conviction in 04, he sat down with Diane Sawyer to record ratings. Everyone tuned in. Everybody sitting at home wants the answer to the same question. Did you murder your wife? No, no. Uh, I did not. And I had absolutely nothing to do with her disappearance. Now these attorneys with the L.A. Innocence Project say that his rights were violated, that his actual innocence is supported by new evidence. And you've perhaps seen movies. If you weren't following the case back in the early 2000s, there are so many movies 
uh, one that was really uh, highly rated on Netflix for the longest time. Uh, Lacey Peterson, pregnant mother-to-be, disappears Christmas Eve. It is this, the, the, the kind of storyline of a movie that you would expect would be dramatic. Her husband, Scott, and the whole family searching for no signs of life anywhere. Months go by. The media and public start to point the finger in his direction, even though Lacey's family even supported him and defended him. But then Scott's mistress, Amber Fry. Comes out of nowhere, holds a news conference, admits that she was having an affair with him while he was married, even though he had said he was not married. And then Lacey's family starts to doubt his innocence. Finally, Lacey's family announces that they're against Scott, and in 03, her body and baby wash up on shore, and she's officially declared murdered. And uh, the police arrest him. And now here we are in 2023. Perhaps he is innocent. We'll have to wait and see what happens here. But, uh, yeah, I don't doubt there will be another movie, perhaps a sequel one day on this story, if uh, that's the case that he is found innocent. But uh, we'll wait. See Jamie News Time now is 827.